Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 118th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we'll quickly jump into the news with a little bit of an update. Then we have our monthly Jurassic Mailbag segment for October with, of course, Jennifer Tarek, discussing all your voicemails, emails, and more. It's another packed month of correspondence to kick off the spookiest month of them all. After that, we have an artist spotlight by Tom Fishenden. He wanted to showcase the work of Mike Tharm here on the show, so stay tuned to hear all about the work that he's doing. He's got some really cool stuff for sale that you won't want to miss. Also, don't miss the article that we posted, written by Tom last week on the website. It takes a look back at all the LEGO sets that we received for Jurassic World, and hopefully look forward to even better sets for Fallen Kingdom. Like I said, you can find the article on JurassicParkPodcast.com, or I'll have the link in our show notes. This coming weekend on October 7th, we will be broadcasting live from Frontier Expo with our friends from Jurassic Unicast and contributors here on the podcast, James Hawkins and Steve Hurl. They will be covering all the latest details on Jurassic World Evolution at the panel where they reveal so much more details about the game. I cannot wait to see what they get. It's going to be an amazing time, so if you are at the expo, if you have tickets to the event, make sure to stop by and say hi to James and Steve. Let them know you're listeners of the podcast and huge fans of the Jurassic Park franchise. It's going to be an amazing weekend, so stay tuned for news and updates for that Jurassic World Evolution game. There's going to be a ton of stuff revealed, so stay tuned. So why don't we start things off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. Friend of the podcast, Rob, has created a Kickstarter for a new pin inspired by the iconic Falling Explorer from Jurassic Park The Ride at Universal Studios Hollywood. This thing is so awesome. I really love the detail, and I love how it pays tribute to the Universal ride out in Hollywood, which is very different in some aspects from the one in Orlando. The pin itself showcases the Falling Explorer down the side of the uh, ravine there. Um, on the ride, you get to see that out in Hollywood, but not in Orlando. Um, it's a really cool aspect. I wish they had that part in Orlando. It's such a cool thing. I've never seen it in person, but seeing it here on this pin created is really, really cool. So you can go ahead and support this Kickstarter. Very uh, cheap amount here. It's so easy to go ahead and support the project. It's uh, $10 UK or about 13 US. The pin itself is a 30 millimeter hard enamel pin with free international shipping. Expected to ship out this December. Go to our show notes, find the link to this Kickstarter, and go ahead and support this project. Oh, there it is. There it is. I'm not a computer. 
computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendron. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? We're back again this month. It's October, and we're back with the Jurassic Mailbag segment. We are absolutely winging it this time. Well, this time, like I say, it's something new. Uh, it's something that we do every time we wing it. We have no idea what we're doing. We don't script this out. We have no idea what these emails or voicemails or anything are about. But uh, like usual, I have Jennifer Tarek here with me to kind of decipher him as we go along. So uh, how you doing, Jen? Hey. I was this whole time when you did the intro, I was thinking of doing the monthly mailbag song, but I actually don't remember the monthly mailbag song. That's how prepared we are. Yeah. So. Who knows? I don't know. You don't know. We have no idea what's going on. And uh, yeah, no. I probably you know messed that, that intro up a few times, but whatever. It's fine. I don't even know how I'm here. How did I get here? I don't what, know. What day is it? Is it October? Are we dreaming? Is, it, it is? is this real? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing. We, we were going to record this actually a few days ago. And it would have been September, so it would have thrown us even more off because we're talking about October. But now it is October, so we're recording this the day <laughs> before release. So, so we're, One we're less in the thing mood to be confused about. <laughs> yes, and uh, we did get a lot of voicemails, emails, uh, messages on Twitter and our website and all that. So, um, why don't we just jump right into it? I'm already diving in. Let's go. All right, this is. Um, this is the first uh, voicemail here from Amy. Let's take a listen. This is one of our favorites, right? Oh, I love her voice. Amy's so friendly. I'm excited. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Amy again. Um, hope you both had a great month and hope everyone who listens did too. And, you know, as always, I continue just to have a great time listening into the podcast every week. Uh, so this month, I thought I would actually ask a fun hypothetical question because for some reason, I asked this myself and it took me a minute to really think about it. So my question for this month is, out of everyone from the Jurassic Park series, so like and from any from any of the movies, who would you want by your side to guarantee your survival if you were in a situation where you were trapped on Isla Nublar or Isla Thorna when the dinosaurs are uncontained? Or if that is hard to choose, because I know there are a lot of awesome characters um, who are clearly who are a lot very capable, then who is someone you don't want to be stuck with? Because you think they'll just get you inherently killed. Uh, I know for myself, my first reaction was obviously to choose Dr. Alan Grant as my survival buddy. But then I thought about it more, and I actually chose Dr. Ellie Sadler to be my survival buddy. Because I think she's pretty tough, and she holds her own very well. And plus, given her background in paleobotany, I think that would come in handy. Um, and I think it's a great attribute of her resourcefulness. Uh, so, and I, I just think that her wit and cleverness would just be able to get us off the island without being attacked or just dying from lack of basic needs. And um, I, I also think she has a basic medical background, so that would be really helpful if you, you know, if I get injured or when I get injured or something. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that is my question for the month, and I hope you guys have a great day. Bye now. Wow, that was uh, that That's was a really a great good question. question. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way. Like, if if I was stuck there, who would I want to kind of like get me off the island? And, uh, whew, man, that's tough. So she picked first. She picked Grant, which is obviously a good choice. And then she picked Ellie Sattler, which is a, another great choice. Both of them survived. So I feel like that's the first thing you gotta 
you know, check off your list there is like, did they actually make it off in the movie? Well, yes or no. I'm going to pick somebody who died in the first five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll have a better time second go around. I don't know. Yeah, well, Mia, maybe they have a better chance because we're there. Because, you know, we have, (laughs) you know, we can guide them through it. Make sure they don't do the stupid thing they did before. Well, no, that's not it. Because as she was saying her question, I immediately thought, well, I'm a hopeless cause. I'm not making out. So who would I like to go out with? And I, me and Claire can go out together. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> go out together. I mean, maybe maybe she she could do it. She knows her stuff. I mean, I've been through this many times about how she knows what she's doing. And if she we don't get off, well, at least we, we go out together. And that's fun. Makes for a fun time. So. Yeah. And, and you, yeah. Thinking about it, like, I'm trying to think if... Say, for instance, Owen wasn't there. Would she have made it off the same way? And I, I think the answer is yeah. yes. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. He didn't he, he didn't wouldn't influence, have made it without her, though. Exactly, yeah. He didn't influence her trajectory at all. So it was all about her and, and her saving him multiple times. And so I think, yeah, I think Claire is actually probably a good choice overall. Um, she knows the island. You know, I guess it depends which version of the island are we talking about, the old one or the new one. Um, if it's a new one, she, for sure she knows, you know, like the back of her hand but who knows maybe she, she had to like memorize the old maps and get familiar with how it was laid out before <laughs> no she did that for fun like yeah. in her spare time <laughs> <laughs> she's sitting there bored in her bungalow at the, on the island and you know needed something to do <laughs> so i'm gonna memorize the blueprints of this second island <laughs> <laughs> i'm for fun now i had a hard time i'm, I'm thinking about this and i'm like i don't know who i want to pick um I might go the absurd route and go a route that maybe nobody would ever say. Um, uh, I, I, I hate saying this. I'm going to choose Eric Kirby. Oh, <laughs> he's resourceful. I mean. Yeah, I, okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if he's the ultimate like best choice, but he did survive for eight weeks on his own. Like, it, you know, put in that situation, I think he probably figured out more stuff than I would have. <laughs> So, oh yeah, like uh, I said, yeah. I would have been done. I was planning on who would go with me, like who would die with me, because I would never survive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, so... I don't even camp. I don't even go outside. I'm a vampire. Like I don't even go outside. <laughs> so I would forget it. <laughs> um, I think yeah, I think probably Eric is my choice. It's a it's a strange choice. I mean, he never he. I don't think he would have made it off on his own, but he he survived, and I feel like that's necessary. Um, as far as who I don't want to pick. To, to stick with me, I'm I'm choosing Muldoon. He he is like absent-minded and he doesn't know what he's doing and and you know I feel like he's just a fool the whole time. He, I feel like he's he's trying to find his way and he seems like the coolest, toughest guy at first. Then you you realize he has no clue what he's doing and he and he lets a dinosaur eat him. You know, like I guess maybe it was like an honor thing. Like he's like I'm gonna do the honorable thing and let, and get eaten by this raptor, but. I don't know. I feel like it was just a bad move on his part. He got eaten, so I'm not choosing him. I think you just shocked the world and picked two of the least people everyone thought you were going to pick. Like that I is know. creative. Yeah, you would you would sort of think it would be opposite, but I I think like there is these like little intricacies that make them the right choices for my picks here. See, that's that's good. I guess in seriousness, if I wasn't going to die, I don't know. I'd still kind of pick Claire, but I might pick um, Grant, maybe. I don't know. It's a toss-up. But I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna die or even have a chance, I might mean Claire will just go out. It's fine. We'll go out together. Um, as my least likely choice, I'm gonna pick Malcolm. Easy. He would drive me insane. 
insane. I would feed him to the dinosaur. I could not, like, we wouldn't even go out together. I'd feed him first and just run away. Like, I could not deal with that. He's not my type of person. I'm not amused by him. He annoys the crap out of me. Oh, God. No. <laughs> oh no. my god so he's just like so annoying like he, he'd be constantly talking and, and oh like uh, uh 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 jen uh uh jen uh do you think that's a good idea jen uh uh like i feel like uh, he would just be super annoying right i would kill him first before the dinosaur <laughs> so that would be my least choice by far <laughs> well i i think i think it's fair like let's see it he wouldn't have made it off the island in the first movie, right? Like, he was essentially dead right there. He was mm-hmm. saved by Ellie and uh, Muldoon, I guess. Whatever. But um, and The Lost World, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he would have been dead as well. <laughs> like, he was in the trailer, and it, he was only saved by Eddie. So he would have been dead as well. So I feel like he needs a lot. He needs somebody to hold his hand, like, the whole time and get him through. Yeah, I don't see the hype. He doesn't save anything. He doesn't clearly. He would have been dead twice, and he's just annoying. So, couldn't handle it. I couldn't <laughs> kick him in the river. I couldn't do it. All right, let the, the water dinosaur. Poor, you know, poor Ian. Uh, Ian and Muldoon, the two. Uh, whatever. They they wouldn't Probably get us off. Probably the least suspected from the entire Jurassic community. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a million sure. people, and that's who we pick. <laughs> I don't know. I can't like. I can't think of any other great options that I'd want personally. But I mean, Grant, sure. But like, I feel like it's too obvious of a choice. Yeah. Well, why don't we move on to our next one? Thank you, Amy, for that uh, voicemail, and uh, hopefully, we hear from you again next uh, month. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yes, it's October now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one here is a a long text that we we received. So uh, I'll just read it here. It says, hey guys, how's it going? Um, Where to start? My name's Ricky, I'm 28, just to give you a ballpark of how old I am when JP came out. And recently, this August, I found your podcast. Needless to say, I've been obsessed ever since, pretty much like anything else Jurassic Park. Um, I followed you guys right away. I've gone back and almost caught up on every episode. First of all, I just want to say how amazing of a job you guys uh, at Jurassic Pod do. Everything about this podcast is awesome, and every time I hear the music, it gives me chills. Love it. One of my favorite episodes was an early one where you and Dan went through the top 10 JP tracks. Goosebumps, man. I'm telling you. Also, can I just say how much fun a day at Universal would you and Jen be? She is my absolute favorite. She's always sounds so happy, excited, and I love that she's so passionate, and it's, it's the little details that stick out to her. Uh, I need more Jurassic Park best friends. So if you're still accepting applications, let me know. I need it. And to, uh, I lost my place. This is very long. (laughs) I meant meant to get this in a little earlier so I could wish her a happy birthday, but she got a very well thought out song. So I'm sure she was okay. Anyway, I first saw JP when it came out, and like any other kid, I was obsessed. I had a few toys, nothing crazy. I do remember that our VHS copy wore out because I watched it so much. The second and third movies didn't really blow my mind at the time, but I grew to love them for what they are. Uh, I didn't read the book until junior high, and when I did read the book, or I read when I read a book called *Prey* by the one and only Michael Crichton. To this day, it's my second favorite book. Uh, Once I put two and two together, I ran to find a copy of JP as fast as I could, and again, I was obsessed. That all kind of faded as I grew up and responsibilities took over. Enter Jurassic World. 
I don't know if it makes me feel like a kid again or what, but ever since that movie came out, it's like all those feelings came back. I have JP 1, 2, and 3 on my DVR and switch between them anytime there isn't a Mariners game on TV. I'm actually typing this while I'm watching The Lost World. Um, I hate roller coasters, but I've even been on the ride at Universal just because it was JP. I was ecstatic to hear that they're coming out with a new Jurassic World movie. I feel like it definitely jump-started my love for this movie franchise now that I'm older and I can appreciate it for what it is. It's really amazing that after all this time, I still feel such strong emotions about a movie about dinosaurs. I'm not the only one, though. I can't even tell you how excited I am for Jurassic World 2 to come out, and I might even push some little kids out of the way to get a good seat in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't we all going to do that? I think so. Uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon slash SimCity were two of my favorite games growing up, too. So the fact that uh, they're tying that type of game into the movie is just a dream come true. Okay, I'll stop rambling and let you get on with the podcast. I wanted to call in, but I was too nervous and didn't want to ramble on. I do have a really awesome T-Rex call, so maybe next time. Um, but yeah, all right, so that was from Ricky. I skipped oh. the end there a little bit there, but um, thank you so much, so much, man. That was that was an awesome email. Um, really appreciate it, and that uh, yeah. How nice. Let's all go to Universal. He clearly wants to go. Let's go. I, I know. I would love to have a meetup down yeah. there with all kinds of people. That would be a blast. That's awesome. I that mean, was we, great, we sort of text. did it. We sort of met up down there. We met up in uh, uh, di- uh, downtown, whatever it's called, Disney Springs now. Yeah, um, <laughs> I always go downtown Disney first. but It is. It's, it's MGM <laughs> and it's downtown Disney, so they can get over it. Yeah, so stuff like that is great when you can actually meet up with other you know, fans and stuff. But um, yeah, thanks for all the great words in the beginning. And you, Jen's your favorite, so that's really cool. I think I she's everybody's like favorite, really. It's already Come my on. favorite. I don't know. Amy's tough competition because her voice just cheers me up, so it's yeah, and then well, we have our, our, our best friend, Victoria, right? Uh, uh, Veronica. Around, so Veronica. Like, Veronica. I suck. I'm not a best friend. You just dropped in best friend status. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe I when felt. we hear from her, she might say best friend, but just realize it's down it's okay. a step now. I have this new guy here, and we're the same age. So when he was talking about his journey through Jurassic, I'm 28 as well. And I was kind of thinking, I wonder if our perspectives and our age matter and it seems like he had the same journey i did so it maybe that group of 28 year olds kind of it's all the same same pattern so that was kind of cool to hear because mm-hmm. it's the same as mine i think i think a lot of people had a similar journey like mine was sort of the same way where i'm obsessed with these movies like the first two and by the time the third one comes off comes out i kind of fell off a little bit and maybe because i was older and i didn't play with the toys and all that stuff but yeah I kind of lost it for a while and of course I was you know in that meantime looking up you know what's going to happen in the next movie but I think we all kind of fell off the bandwagon in a way you know maybe not fully but it, it, it I think happened the, the difference the difference with with us the 28 year old group is he said how he didn't lost world didn't really impress him and um like he he and the three was uh, but lo- he kind of missed Lost World. So I think it's that boat. I think the people a little older than twenty eight maybe love Lost World because they saw it in theaters and that that's their thing. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why for me at least Lost World never made it. And it sounds like for him too, he wasn't highly impressed by it. So I think just a few years in between there is a big gap for Lost World. That's so a that's a really good point. That. 
that is... explain why I never <laughs> saw it or cared for it. Even after Travis's amazing song? Oh, what? I'm Come sorry, on. Travis. I'm so busy. I, okay, I have all intentions of watching Lost World after that song because I owe it to Travis to do yeah. that. But I am so busy. I have no free time. I just need a few years to gather my life together <laughs> before I have two hours of free time. Look, what what we'll do is you tell me when you're ready, and we'll we'll, we'll do a commentary, and we'll sit okay. down. We'll do it, and uh, and we'll we'll release it to everybody so everybody can hear your first experience with the movie. You know what? That's a really good idea. As soon as. Yeah. As soon as maybe five, six years when I have two hours. Oh, free. God. Five, six. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not then. I don't know. <laughs> you can, oh, my gosh. We can watch it with your, with your little boy. He'll be like old enough. His, his first time watching it, too. Wow. We can all watch it together. <laughs> oh, what God. Are you talking about? I don't even lost. know. Uh, let's see. What else did he say here? Um, mentioned uh, the parks a little bit and uh, I mean that's awesome that you went on the the Jurassic ride there it's it's okay it's it's not my favorite thing in the world but it is something that like you have to do just because it's Jurassic related yeah I don't like getting wet I don't like being wet all day yeah and I feel like just that park in general is just like let's see how many times we can spray you with water you know and, and yeah and we went to California a couple weeks ago I went to Universal there and I know you get much much more Wait, much wetter, no more. Much wetter <laughs> in California than you do in Orlando, and I'm used to Orlando. But I, I remember nightmares of getting drenched in California, and we went, and yep, I got drenched. Of course. Like, full on, went swimming, and it's just, ugh, I hate that. I'd rather just ride it and not get drenched. Yeah, I wish there was like a mode where you could just like press a button and be like, nah, don't feel like, and it like, maybe it takes a vote of like the, the car. Like, all right, yeah. most votes said no, let's not get wet. And you you unfortunately get stuck in the one that, like, everybody voted yes. Like, let's get soaked. <laughs> I feel like I'm always in defense mode when I'm riding that, right? I'm always like, where's the water going to come from now? I can't even enjoy the dinosaurs. Ah, uh, the Dilophosaurus. Ah! I can't enjoy it. It's too much. Too much water. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Ricky, there. I'm glad you found the podcast. You've been catching up. Look, don't worry. You don't have to go back, man. It's, uh, it's... It's a nightmare to catch up on. Don't do it. Uh, just just listen from here on out. Like, who cares? It doesn't matter. So, <laughs> Although he's right. That music one, I remember that one. That was a really good one. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, he should go listen to our Lego one because that one was really funny. Well, the, yeah, that was like – that's another, another like off the rails. We have no idea what we're doing. So that's just that typical true. for me and you. I feel like that one um, was really, really, really out there somehow. We were laughing at everything. Everything was funny. <laughs> That was a really good one. I listened to it back, I remember, and I also that one I, I recommend if he hasn't already. I, yeah, the best thing about that is is the um, the director of that Lego movie watched or listened to it and was like, wow, you, you guys really liked it. That was really funny. <laughs> I know. You, I can't believe you did an hour podcast for a minute long trailer and then like and then actually reviewed the thing. <laughs> and like 59 minutes of that hour was trying to figure out if that was Bryce's voice or not. Oh, my God. Yep. And you were right the whole time. Uh, I should be. I totally disqualify everything I ever did if I was wrong. <laughs> That'd be awful. All right. Let's move on here to the next voicemail. Uh, it's from Scorpio Dino 16. So let's take a listen. Uh, hello. This is uh, Scorpio Dino 16 on Twitter. Uh, 
I watched a YouTube video recently, and the YouTuber was reviewing um, the new King Kong movie, and he brought up an interesting point about Jurassic World. Uh, he said, now I love Jurassic World, but this movie has the same problems that Kong Skull Island does, in that it's like the director and the writer, which we know in Jurassic World's case is the same person, but still, you know, the director and the writer both focus on Owen, you know, like he's the main character, you know, he gets the highest pay, he's in the center of a lot of the shots, but really, it's Claire that's the main character. Oh, I, I messed up, guy. yeah. The writer says Claire's the main character, but the director and the cinematographer focus on Owen so much. And he likened that in Kong to uh, John C. Riley's character being written as the main one, but Tom Hiddleston being focused on. So I was wondering, what are your thoughts on that? Do you agree with that statement that, you know, Owen is focused on so much by the camera, but Claire is really the, you know, uh, God, I'm, my brain just farted. My, uh, <laughs> uh, the main character, you know, she's really the main character in terms of the script. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been enjoying the podcast lately. Uh, so keep up the great work. Also, I love Never Offline, too, so keep up that, too. See ya. Thank you. Thanks, dude. Thank you. I love that guy. He's yeah. your best friend. They're just adding up here. This is a great podcast. This is great. <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah, I, I like this thought-provoking like commentary this time through the, the voicemails and stuff. So uh, did you get a chance to see Kong Skull Island? I don't know. I rode the ride. <laughs> Universal. Does that count? No, it doesn't because they have no tie-in together. They're completely separate. Oh. It is very the strange. Answer, the answer to that would be no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'll give you a little bit of backstory, I guess, on, on the, the movie without spoiling anything, everybody. Um, the movie has so many characters in it, and it never necessarily – I feel like it never necessarily focuses on one character specifically. I think he mentioned, like, Tom Hiddleston's character. But even then, I feel like it's like there's so many characters that it never knows who to focus on, and it might – you, you might see a character and then never see that character again or not see it for the rest of the movie until later. Um, but that movie, I feel like it, it's not necessarily about the characters. Um, it's more about the monsters and stuff like that in that movie, the scenery and, and the, the absurdity of the of the like what's happening. Now, uh, um, I think that's very different from Jurassic, at least. Um, and, and I mean, you you seem to love this one as well, but. He's right. I mean, Claire is the focus. I don't know who he was talking about. Like, uh, he was saying it. He got, he heard this somewhere. Um, but yeah, Claire is the center. But I do agree. They do kind of focus on Owen here and there, like almost as if he is the main guy. I mean, he's the main guy for sure, but uh, the main character, I guess, or the focus of the movie. I don't think he is. Uh, obviously, no. I think Claire is. I don't know. I, I see where this guy's coming from, though, because he's, you know what always irked me? This still irks me, and it popped up whenever he was talking about that. Um, the part where, at the at the end, before they release the raptors, and Owen's talking to the kids by the fence thing, and um, they're like, are they safe, and blah, 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 that part. There's a little piece that everyone knows what I'm talking about, a little piece at the at the back end of that scene with with Claire. She talks to him like just for a second just to kind of bring her into that space, and they cut it. And that was unnecessary yeah. to cut. It was like a line. And you could see her kind of moving closer, and then it cuts out. And then that was in the deleted scene. And that just mm -hmm. irks me because that 
doesn't hurt anyone. It includes her. I mean, it, it's just furthering this this guy's point of they really did like really focus on him a lot, a lot, and the writing and the story and everything obviously made Claire the lead, but the the cinematography and the, the editing didn't help. So I totally agree with this guy. Yeah, I mean, I I still don't think the movie portrayed um, Chris Pratt as like the lead character. I still feel like it was it was still all about Bryce and her character. Yeah, the but, script led that way, but I get what he means with the cinematography. Yeah, I mean, there were times when it made you feel like he was the main focus, but I still feel like the the, the overall theme in the movie is this is Claire's story, whether whether you see it or not. I still feel like it's her story, and I mean. Colin has said pretty much that same thing. So we, we know it's her story. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree. And then mix in with the media and then with the toy line and just everything. It's yeah. totally going against her. And then the um, the billing, she should have been number one. She should have been billed number one. I don't understand course, why yeah. she's second billing. I don't. She's in there 20 minutes before he even shows up. And she has way yeah. more screen time. And she saves the day. He doesn't do anything. It's just not. Yeah. <laughs> It bothers me so much because she deserves it. And they go on and on about women in film, blah, blah, blah. She, she's right there. What are you doing? Like, everyone, yeah. like, the world is contradicting because they have a movie right here with a female lead and they're just focusing it away. I wonder how that will change, you know, for the next film, if it will focus on her or not. I mean, that'll be really know. interesting to see if it'll if it'll split the duties or, or be her story still. I think it'll be her story, but they'll do the same thing. They'll market it on him. They'll put him in first billing, even if she's in the whole thing uh, fully. And he's only in bits and pieces because yeah. the filming times made it look like he wasn't in it that much because yeah. he wasn't even there for a lot of it. I think, I but think even the, then, I think the problem is like, unfortunately, his name is is bigger, a bigger draw. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, it's that's just what it comes down to. He has Star Lord and, and all that, you know, he. He's a huge focus of that Mar- Marvel, you know, franchise. So, I think that's where it comes from. Even though he, I don't know, I, I feel like she's been in way more than he's ever been in, probably. But um, and she's been around longer. I feel like in movies and all that. But whatever, you know. I mean, I just hope they treat her right in the next one. I know. I mean, I think it's going to be exactly the same as this one. Even if she has all the screen time in the world, and he's only in a couple scenes, he'll still get first billing. He'll get all the toys. I just think. Yeah. Even if even if they both get toys, he'll get more or something. You know, it's just I get it. And then the cinematography and the editing. Back to the question. Yeah, I I totally agree. I see it when they cut out like those three seconds of her just kind of being there. I'm like, why? It's just a few seconds. It's not going to change anything. And like that's it just shows that they're they're editing and cutting around, and that bothers me. Yeah. Just as much. I well, feel you, dude. Thank you, dude, for that uh, that yeah. voicemail. Um, feel free to call in again next month. Uh, the next one here is a website submission. So if you go to our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com, you can actually find the contact form and all that and submit your, your message and your, your subject and all that. Um, so this one is from Paul. Uh, he says, how's it going? I love the show. My name's Paul. I'm from Utah, and uh, I have a question slash comment. I have only recently started listening to the program, and I have yet been able to catch up on the back catalog. <laughs> so, yeah, Paul don't don't bother but i mean like i feel, i say don't bother but also like there's some good stuff in there with a lot of good guests and stuff like that but uh, you know it's it's been you know t- sometimes it's actually tough to catch up on something that's weekly and something that's so 
uh, focused on like the now, like what's happening right now, that when you go back and listen, it's kind of tough to listen to. So that's us. Yeah. I feel like that's us. It's, yeah, but there's, there's, there's some really good ones in there, though. Like, follow where your interests go. If you're into the toys, head there. If you're yeah. into mindless blabble, go to mine. If you're into, like, <laughs> really good Minecraft and all those Lego, I don't know what that is because I don't know that. But that lane, like, there's a lane for everybody. So just go where you're interested in because there's good stuff for everybody. Yeah. Um, so he says here, first and foremost, let me state how little I like movie reboots. Between all the Marvel, DC, specifically Batman, The Mummy, etc., reboots, I find that trying to create new backstories on existing characters is just pure laziness. Sequels are different because they are advancing already existing characters and storylines. But having said that, I suppose I'm going to contradict myself and make one exception concerning reboots. I personally wouldn't mind seeing a reboot of Jurassic Park. Here's my reasoning. Uh, I was just a few months shy of eight years old when Jurassic Park was released. I love the movie more than words can express, and like many out there, this movie has brought to, uh, brought to the surface a newfound love for dinosaurs that I didn't know existed in me, and I've loved them ever since. I'm sure at the time, being so young, I didn't even realize that this movie was based off a best-selling book. Jump ahead 20, 20 years to 2013, my wife was reading the, the Jurassic Park novel for her book club and, I suggest, uh, and suggested that I read it as she expressed to me how different it was from the movie. I took her advice and loved it. What I tell everybody about the mook, uh, the movie versus book is that I'm <laughs> yeah whatever. <laughs> I'm so glad I watched the movie before I read the book because if I had read the book before watching the film, I probably would have disliked the film very much, very much. Okay, um, I only say this because Crichton told an amazing story in the novel, one that greatly differs from the movie. The same goes for The Lost World. The novel and the film adaptation were so different. So what I would personally like to see is the continuation of the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World franchise, as well as seeing it made into, uh, seeing the novel made into films. So as long as they follow them closely. Uh, either two movies only, wait, what? Either two movies only or split each novel into two films. Okay. As the books are extremely detailed, making a four movie, all right. Thanks, Paul. I'm gonna skip that because I have I can't even read. So we're just gonna skip that part because you're 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 basically done there. Applaud <laughs> that you made it that far. I yeah. Losing it. I, I, my my eyes just start to see like I don't even like Spanish or something, and I can't I can't read Spanish. So, um, but yeah, I no I get what he's saying. Like remake. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess reboot like the series and make a more truthful version to the novels. Which have you read them? I forget. I, I probably ask you this no, every time. I, I have them, but I have not read them. Yeah, it's been a while for me. I, I, I listened to the audiobook for Jurassic Park like a few months back, but the Lost World has been a while. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't read. Like I've never read a book. Just like me, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> you gotta learn Spanish here. When your eyes change, <laughs> you gotta be able to adapt. So, um, I get it though. Like it would kind of be cool to see exactly what the book did. Um, because it was so different. There were so many different threads and different characters and different scenarios, different people died and different people lived. So it would be really interesting to see that, you know, take place something different. 
Well, I just gotta say, his wife has the coolest book club if they're having you read Jurassic. Seriously, Like, what yeah. book club? Usually you're reading an Oprah novel or something, <laughs> so that is an awesome book club. So applauds there, that's awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, uh, you know... <laughs> And like, kind of like you said, it's tough. Not everybody reads books, uh, unfortunately. You know, I mean, it's I, – I go through spurts. Like I love reading, but then sometimes I just don't read ever. And then sometimes I read all the time. So um, I get it though. Like you, you don't read until somebody like tells you over and over again, you got to read this book. And it would be nice to kind of see this on the screen in a way. Um, recently they've done that uh, – what did they do? They did um, – I think Hulu produced um, 11 – 2263. I think those are the right dates. The date of the assassination of uh, Kennedy. And it was like a, a Stephen King novel. And, and they like remade it into a TV show, essentially. I, f- I think there was like eight episodes or something like that. And it covered it in good detail. I mean, it didn't get the entire thing again, like Jurassic Park, I guess. But I feel like Jurassic Park changed the movie quite a bit. And I don't remember. Uh, it's I don't think that show changed too much. Uh, I'm probably wrong, but um, something like that would be great, even if it was, you know, not connected to the movies in any way. If it was just like Hulu or Netflix or HBO or somebody, you know, HBO is doing Westworld, which is a Michael Crichton thing. So maybe it would be cool to see that in, in a different way, like follow the actual storyline. I, I don't know. know how I feel about that. I'm still I wouldn't mind an animated series. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'd rather have an animated series to fill in the blanks than a redo of anything we've already had. I, I feel like for most franchises, that makes sense. You could do redos. You could do all kinds of things. But for Jurassic, it's been it's been done in such a way. And in the timing and the time spent and all this, I feel like it's almost a sacred thing. Like the movies are just in their time and they're, they're sacred in their time. You could play around in them in the times around them but overlapping anything that overlaps the movies i just feel like wouldn't fit it wouldn't feel right jurassic kind of did it to itself by the timing and it actually follows its own timeline and i just don't know i i think we're too attached yeah to those well, specific time moments exactly. in the timeline and especially going at the same time like you're producing movies still based on those stories but then also creating like a tv show or something yeah it might be confusing to some especially in an age where like everything connects you know marvel's creating tv shows mm-hmm. that tie sort of tie into the movies um star wars is doing that like crazy so it might be confusing but it, it could be cool but we might have to wait I, th- I think wait a few years until maybe these movies are done but you know i think um like they they remade like the shining i think for tv and that was a, a great movie. Um, they did it for um, Psycho. I think they've remade that like a few times. And then they have that TV show, uh, Bates Motel. I think it's done now. But yeah. But that like so that followed like a sort of a different little timeline. I think than the t- than the movie. But um, there 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 is I think room for it. But just maybe not right now. I don't know. I think other franchises, it can make sense. But for Jurassic, I just don't think it, it can. I, the way it's done, the way they, they kind of sheltered the old. They've never done anything since. They've just been doing their movies and that's it. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I feel yeah. like for this franchise, you can't really go back. You can't do that. You can do the in-between, fill in the blank. But to actually go back, especially now with the resurgence of Jurassic World, I, 
I don't know. I don't think it's possible for this franchise. Yeah, they could have they could have done it pre Jurassic World, but at yeah. this point, it, it might. Like I said, I feel like you'd have to wait a few years after Jurassic World is done, like to actually, if you know, like the franchise is really done completely, then maybe try it. But uh, I, yeah, right now, no, don't don't do it. <laughs> but I kind of would like yeah, to see something would've... true to the, the the novels eventually, but it's gonna be a while. It would have to be. Because now, I mean, they completely, yeah, you can't go back now. Yeah. It, I think it would be it's so expensive, like, too, you know? Like, s- to produce yeah. something that looks just as good as these these movies, like, sometimes TV shows just don't have the quality. I mean, unless it's, like, HBO or Netflix is doing pretty good. Um, HBO is really good at, at creating, like, amazing worlds. And, you know, Game of Thrones looks beautiful and, and Westworld looks beautiful. Um, so it, it's possible, I guess, but... Um, maybe if they keep the dinosaurs like in the shadows more so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe in like 20 years. I mean, there's plenty of time. The world goes on forever. So maybe like 20 years, 50 years. <laughs> who knows? But yeah. not anytime soon for sure. All right. Let's move on here. Thank you, Paul. That was awesome. And uh, like I said, you don't have to go back. But, you know, we'll pick and choose. Find your best uh, episodes that you want to hear and, and give them a shot. But uh, don't feel obligated by any means. <laughs> Um, the next one is from Fede on Twitter he says random question for the next Jurassic Park pod what kind of music do you think the Jurassic characters would listen to wow that's that's interesting Um, music well I don't know music I'm (laughs) very old fashioned when it comes to music like really old fashioned so I don't know I listen to Broadway I listen to Ethel Merman I don't know um what's your take what's your opinion what do you think um wow this yeah this is kind of stumping me there's that song um i guess you could you could pinpoint like grant because of jurassic park 3 and i think like i don't i don't know if it was i think it was on the score um they had that randy newman song it was a big hat no cattle um and it was on if you pay attention it's actually in the scene where he's meeting the Kirby's at the bar. Um, so there's like, you know, the same guy who made the songs from toy story, like, you know, the, you got a friend and me like that guy. <laughs> so like, like country ish kind of. Exactly. Really. <laughs> exactly. So I think like, that's probably his deal. That's, I mean, okay, that's gotta be his deal. Right. Cause he's in the Midwest. He's always like dirty wearing flannel and like that's that works true. for him. Or even like, what's his face? Um, John Ritter's dad. Who is that? You know, like that kind of country, or um, or the guy they made that movie about. I suck at music. The guy <laughs> they made that movie, like old time country. Oh, um, Johnny Cash or something like that. Yes, yes, that. That's what I mean. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, I don't know. You come on, you got to have an answer for Claire, right? I mean, okay, well, Claire, she she loves her her classical symphonies. Who doesn't? It's like oh, not even just classical symphonies. Okay, it's the kind like, you know. Um, when they have, I don't know, like Lex Luthor or something, those big, like strong orchestra music, mm-hmm. it just like empowers you, but it's like just orchestra. Yeah. That. Okay. That is what she, that, like, just nice symphonies too, but like those, those really strong power <laughs> orchestra. That's like I her go-to thing is like to. pops in the earbuds and just listening to like super yeah. strong, like oboes or <laughs> yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they are either, but you know, Some like what strong like, brass. would listen to it's often. Just really strong, powerful symphonies to get her day going. 
Now, for Owen, the, he I, I don't know, he's a tough one. I feel like I feel like he, you know, he 80s apparent, rock. 80s like rock. Bon, wow. Like Bon Jovi style and just okay. those old well, not like it's rock, but not old rock and not new rock, like so, vintage rock. Okay, so but that that's too like I feel like that's obvious because of like Star Lord, like I was said before. Oh, well, like I don't even know Star Lord. So he, that's just my. Well, opinion. that's like that's like what you know what the, what the, those movies are about. Essentially, is he's got this like Walkman and that he has these like songs from his mom, and that's like the soundtrack to the movies is all these like retro sixties seventies uh, music. So. Oh. I feel like that would work, but I, I feel like he's slightly different. I feel like he's more of like he wore board shorts, and I don't know if like I feel like he is he a surferish kind of guy. Is he? I don't know. Could he be listening to some like reggae or something like that? I don't know. Maybe. I See, feel like he's a beach guy. He's a, he's a Navy SEAL, right? Is that what he is? Yeah. So he's he's a water guy. So I feel like it would beach have to boy. be like reggae or or something like that. Like a, I don't know, Beach Boys. Um, is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. See, I don't know any of that Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. I never saw it. I never looked into it. I know nothing. So that just came from my own consciousness. Okay. Like, I know nothing about that. So maybe <laughs> they got something with that. I don't know. But that's where I went to. Like 80, like Bon Jovi. Yeah. And Eric, Eric Kirby, I think he only listens to that ringtone that his dad had. You know, <laughs> that's it. Like he's just yeah. obsessed with that ringtone. <laughs> and he sings like well, the theme song to it every time it rings. What would <laughs> we made up words? Yeah. What would Ellie like? Ah, uh, I, I feel like it would have to be like, like eighties techno-ish kind of. I don't know what what would you call it. Like, oh man, I can't. Like, is she like a, a Devo? Like, you know the is is that the band that sang like the whip it, whip it good? <laughs> oh no way! That's not where my mind went. Okay. <laughs> Wow, I have no idea. So I, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, you know where my I thought like how we just said with Grant with like the old country deep voices. Like I went more um, like what? Who's that? Oh, 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 um, Wilson Phillips is that okay. a, like it that? Is. Yeah, like, yeah, countryish but pop country. Like I could Taylor Swift, maybe old Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, like if Taylor Swift was in like 1993, like yeah, yes. Like okay. old country, light country, pop country. Okay. Man, uh, Malcolm's a, a toss-up. I do not know what he, <laughs> I, I feel know. like he just, like, doesn't listen to music ever. Like, he just <laughs> hates. I mean, he no, he has to because he's, like, sitting there playing drums on his legs in the air, in the helicopter. Okay. I feel like he's half heavy metal and oh. half, like, really good singers. Like, really good, strong power songs. Like, okay. um... Oh, I just said Claire listens to her soft symphony and then her power symphony. Like, I, I feel like he's so, that way. He, so like his favorite power. album is like when like Metallica recorded with the orchestra back like, uh, I don't know, like yes. it was like, like 1998 or something like that or 2000. I don't know, what, I don't you know. Just, what language you just said, but I feel like it's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. That's, <laughs> but that's what I he think... was, But like, it, it's so different from his own persona because he's playing like jazz and stuff in, cl- in nightclubs and stuff right now. So I don't feel like that's a Malcolm, though. I feel like no. even though they're so close in personality, I feel like he's not hes not a jazz guy, Malcolm. It doesn't feel right. No, Malcolm would be something like with a lot of a lot of beats, very loud, but very good. <laughs> not like screaming metal, like really good singing, uh-huh. like high quality, <laughs> high quality 
kind of loud music. Oh my god. With a slight of class in there. <laughs> what would John Hammond listen to? This is fun. John oh, Hammond. John. Oh, wow. I, I think... Oh my goodness. Can I go back to like the Joel Grey era and like Ethel Merman and just those oldies? Those sure. old musicals? Do it. Can I, I mean... I want, I want to go there. I want to go into the 1950s, 40s, golden age of musical theater. Like, what if it was like he just loved like R&B or something, you know? Like, <laughs> it's like, no, it's like no, the no, early no, 90s. He just loves it. Or like Nirvana, maybe. Even he just like loves grunge, you know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no. He's sitting there listening to like the original um, By My Birdie soundtrack or something. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're That's probably That's what I right. want in my life. That's what I want in my life anyway. <laughs> I could see him as certainly a musical kind of guy. Like, like for sure. Old, like like the, the Joel Grey and the Al Jolson and just, oh, those Al oldies, Jolson. oldies. <laughs> those beautiful, like, 1940s, 50s, 30s musical uh-huh, time. Uh-huh. Love it. I think so. I think you're right. Um, like a Judy Garland, like a young Judy Garland. He just loves young His, his favorite movie is, is for sure... Uh, Wizard of Oz, like that's just his face. Like he sings like somewhere over the rainbow, like in his spare it time. It fits him. It listen to that. Think that for a second. It fits him. It does. He, it really he's does. he's that. He's in that style. I just love that. Yeah. Like I could totally he's, see him like scrunching down and being like, "We represent the lollipop game for sure." It's his favorite. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with yeah on that. All right, I have I'm like I have no idea. This is so off <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> so thanks, Fede, for like ruining what flow we had because it was so good. Wait, um, we had flow. We yeah, when? I know, right? <laughs> this next one is our best friend Veronica. Let's uh, let's take a listen to this one. Hi, best friends. It's Veronica. I swear, every time I hear the. A little theme song from Jurassic Park. I get like super excited and I just need to go home and watch the movie. <laughs> Currently, I'm walking to my next class, so I thought I would just drop by and tell you or talk to you guys, basically. Anyways, so my point was, um, so like once a month since ever I saw Jurassic Park, I have a dream of always being on the island, like being chased by either a T-Rex or a Velociraptor. Um, I never know how I end up. You know, like, it's just like, it's coming to the point where either T-Rex or the Velociraptor is about to attack me. But, you know, I I don't know. I think I've only survived once. Cause, like, every oh, time no. they're about to attack me, I wake up. So, <laughs> my question is, do you, my diehard Jurassic Park fans, have any dreams or nightmares that you get stuck in the island and if you were to get stuck on the island with you know loose dinosaurs what would you do how would you assess the situation because i can tell you every time i dream about it i panic and freak out and run away and always die so tell me how you would survive either in Jurassic park or Jurassic world all right, buddy. It was really short, but, you know, hope you enjoy and hope you could hear me because, like, I'm walking and there's, like, excess noise around. All right. Well, I'll talk to you guys soon. Much love, best friend. Much love. Bye. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Have you ever dreamt about Jurassic? Have you ever done that? Uh, I don't. Honestly, I don't think so. 
I, I strangely like I that's like kind of mind-boggling like I don't think I've ever had a dream that like I was on an on the island or anything like that's really weird to me actually I haven't either I have wow. to say I feel not like that, that I like, remember I rarely remember them anyway I never remember my dreams but oh no, no not that I can remember I go through spurts of li- of like remembering and and not um, I feel like it's been a while since I like remembered um, a dream I don't know what does that what does that say about us are we not paying attention we're enough? just like... really we're just not very smart people <laughs> <laughs> i never ever i never ever did really unless it's traumatizing like there's a couple that just traumatized me but it wasn't drastic so no that's a that's a good point i feel like i don't i don't have any like good dreams that i remember like i just remember all these like nightmares or like crazy situations and but then again, uh, none of them are drastic related. So that's really strange. And, t- and to think like we surround ourselves with all this material and all this, these imagery of the imagery and of everything. And never once have we dreamed about it. Is that, is that no. weird? Or well, maybe at least we I, just don't remember. I don't know. I, I dreamt that I was in Bryce's kitchen once, but like not drastic. Okay. Well, may, yeah, maybe you put it in that scenario where there's a raptor in the kitchen. And <laughs> Oh, well, we know how that is. I die. I <laughs> die. <laughs> I would never survive. And her second half of the question there about if we were on an island, I mean, we can even link it back to who would we go with? Who would we take with us? And even in that I case, think, I mean, I'm not going to make it off. I, f- I'm I not feel like survival. I don't Veronica and Amy, even... like Amy, like talk to each other about what should they call in about and, and, and like wanted to know who we'd pair up with. So uh, like, like we said before, I'm taking Eric and that's how I'm getting off the island. So He's going to be I'm I'm not going to think at all. I'm just letting Eric guide me and and tell me how to survive. Yeah, I'll go with Claire and if we make it cool, if we don't, we all oh well, we go out having fun. Doesn't matter. You know, what? I actually I guess I did have a good dream that I remember. It, it has nothing to do with this, but it is a movie, I, I guess or or whatever comic. But I I was Spider-Man one day. And that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, the visual. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, oh but goodness. I was Spider-Man. I, I, I like see your beard under the hood. <laughs> it just stuck out a little bit, like on the bottom. Oh, no, you always knew who he was. Like, <laughs> oh my! I never considered that. Like, where would you? Where would the beard go under the mask? I don't know. I mean, it had to be a really tight mask. Like, we just have to suck it down. I'm a I'm a I'm an advanced thinker. That's what I think about. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Where but are we right that's, now? That's 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 the as far as the movie dreams as I've I've had. But man, maybe tonight, maybe we'll both like you know lay our heads down on the bed and then like dream about Jurassic and getting eaten by dinosaurs and all that. And I don't know. Like, do do you maybe, die maybe if do. you die in your dream? Do you die in real life? Like, no, I I've died in my dreams. Okay. Really. All right. Good. All right. Well, not good, but. Glad you woke up, at least. <laughs> I'm glad you died in your dream. No, I don't know. Where, where were we? What was the question? Um, Man, don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? We're off the rails. But uh, well, how would we assess the situation? Um, uh, but, yeah, it's... I don't know. I mean... Look, I would not make it. I would just do what they <laughs> did in, in the Lost World and just try to find like a compound and 
try to get a, a call out. And if not, if the power's out, then I, I don't know. I guess I'm just staying there until somebody inevitably inevitably goes to that island, right? I mean, you'd think somebody would have to go there eventually. See, I don't even know how to cook my own food. I would yeah. I'll take a chef with me. Is that an option? I know. I always think about that because, like, I love the woods and, like, hiking and, and being outdoorsy. But then I, I think to myself, like, if I lived out on the land, like, in the woods by myself, I'd never be able to make it because I, I don't want to hunt any animals. I'm not killing anything. And I don't know, like, if this plant is poisonous. So, like, like Amy said, like, you have Ellie because she knows, like, what plants are poisonous and are not. And uh, that would be a good skill to have. But I don't have that skill. So I'm going to die. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just betting that the world never comes to that point. Because if we were ever in a survival situation on Earth, I would not. I would be a casualty like on day one. As soon as my phone dies, like I need a charger. As soon as my phone dies, I'm done. I'm not made for that. I mean, is there Twitter in the apocalypse? That's what I really want to know. If there's not, again, I'm doomed. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I'd die of boredom before. I, I, I tend to think. I tend to think like I could make it like in a zombie apocalypse. Like I could, I could be like the people on The Walking Dead and make it through really far. Not like a lot of the people who've already died. Not those people, but the people that are still on the show. Um, so I, I feel like I could do it, but I don't know. I, it's a different situation when you're you're confronted by a raptor and there's no way out, but. I'm just going to wait for that T-Rex to save me or Eric Kirby with a T-Rex P or something like that. That's the key. Always have T-Rex P. How you get yeah. it, I don't know, but that's how you that's how you get out. So your solution is to just sit around and wait for Eric Kirby. Yes, yeah. I'm going to like wait until a parachute drops and be like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh, there he is." And and forget about Ben, like who cares? Leave him up in the tree. Like he yeah. doesn't matter. He's he's obviously useless. So, but, wait but for that Eric, parachute to come in. yeah, like just oh, there he is, there he is, he's coming. I'm saved. Yeah, it's always gonna be Eric, no matter what. Like, it doesn't, it's not gonna be anybody else, it's just Eric. It's like Groundhog's Day over and over again. Like, I wake up and tr- like every day I have to figure out how to get off the island, and eventually I do, but uh, most days I don't. So, yeah, that's how it, that's how it'll go. <laughs> Did that make any sense? No, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm still stuck on Spider-Man. Oh, God. Let's move on. Jesus. Uh, the next one is from at Scone Trooper on Twitter. Uh, this is a quick one. It says, spin-off films, yay or nay? What say ye? <laughs> was that was that too <laughs> dumb? Should I not have said that? Oh, are we in like the 1800s? We are. Do you we got are, little yeah. bells ring? Yeah. John Hammond's listening to music behind me. <laughs> yeah. Hear ye, hear ye. Oh, I just like ripped my headphone out i don't know what's happening um <laughs> oh right nothing happened Wait. nothing it was one second you're good <laughs> okay what was the what were we what was the question spin-off sp- this is a simplest spin-off. question spin-off films yes or no <laughs> <laughs> well the yay or nay it was it was yay or nay but i simplified it and went yes or no for everybody that doesn't understand old english you know I don't speak old English. I don't even speak new English. I don't know. <laughs> you can learn Spanish so you can read more. Yeah, I know. I think that was Spanish, actually. <laughs> oh. um, so oh, so what do you think? <laughs> um, Yes, yay for in-between, nay for overlapping. 
Okay. All right. So you don't you don't want something that like uh, is like um like say for instance you turn the camera around around and focus on these people over here. You don't want something that takes place simultaneously. Yay! You're right. That was very confusing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't want it to overlap what we already okay. have, but I'll fill in the blanks all over the place any day. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea though of like, like um, say for instance there was like some guest or somebody on the island, and you followed like that guest and and their well, family or something. Fine. That's fine. Oh, what series does that? There's something that does that in my mind. I don't know what it is, but it's something that it, it parallels something that happened. I can be making this up. It parallels something that happened, but shows you what's going on over there. Well, there's that, a new show that's doing that. There, I don't know about a show, but uh, the the new DC movies sort of did that in a way. Oh. They they had um at, at the end of the Superman movie, there was like this big battle um, over Metropolis with Superman and Zod, and they're flying around destroying buildings and stuffs being knocked down everywhere. So that was the end of that movie. But then in the beginning of Batman vs Superman, they had the perspective of Bruce Wayne. So like what he was doing during this battle. And it showed him like saving people and trying to get through like all the destruction and not die at the same time and save people that he knows. And I think that was actually a really cool way to start that movie, whether you like the movie or not. But, you know, that's a different question. But it, it was really cool to see a different perspective. So that could be something cool for, for Jurassic, I think, like okay. to see what happened elsewhere. Yay on that. Yay. I like that a lot. Yay. Um, I like that a lot. I can't even remember what thing I'm thinking about but there's something that I love when shows do that I do love when they do that where they show you completely something else but in the same time frame but it's not interfering with what happened it's showing you what happened as the other thing was happening so exactly that's cool as long as it doesn't change overlap in that sense that's fine that's yay I like that nay on the remaking or the overlap okay yeah yeah remaking yeah that's different spinoffs like I think it would be cool if you follow different characters or um, I don't, I, you know, I think a spinoff can't include like Grant or, you know, Malcolm or any of those like people that you know and, and, and love. But like, I feel like it has to be new characters or different characters even like, I don't know, just like people that you don't even yeah. know exist. Now a rule for this, cause they're listening and they're going to be making this. So no, rule mm-hmm. number one, do not change anything that's already happened and do your homework completely to the second of what's already happened and you can compliment it. Just don't contradict anything. Yeah, that's really annoying. Producers, producers listening to this right now, do not contradict. You can go along and just make sure you do your research. Yeah, you, I mean, like, listening. yeah, that that stuff happens here and there. I feel like many people would say it happened with Jurassic World, um, but yeah, whatever. You know, there's uh, we're fans. We always find a way to to tie everything in. You know, like we always find a way around stuff, but. As long as it doesn't like seriously contradict everything, yeah. Like at this point, if you if you were to say like all the movies exist in in the in the canon, and then like you throw in Jurassic Park the game and say that exists, it, that would just that would be way like it wouldn't work together because there's things in that game that dispel what happened in Jurassic World. Like I think like the T Rex like blasted through the old visitor center doorway or something like that and broke part of it so it obviously wasn't broken in jurassic world so that game obviously doesn't count like it necessarily is not part of the canon um so stuff like that if you like if you create a a spin-off film you have to adhere to what's already happened yes agreed 
But uh, yeah, I'd be for it. I think I think there's room. I don't necessarily like know if it's the best idea. Like I don't feel like there's that much room to expand. To be honest, like I don't know. I, it would have to be like what happened when they. We've said this a billion times. Like what happened? How they built the park? Like what happened then, or mm-hmm. something like that. But as far that's like really the only timeline I can think of. Like what can you do? Like it'd have to be between Jurassic Park three and and now. Like. Unless you were to go earlier, like a yeah. story about John Hammond, like Flea Circus days, you know, like Aww. that would be cool. That would be a great spinoff film. It would, ne- oh. it wouldn't have anything to do with <laughs> with the movies. Sitting there playing with little Flea Circus, and you can hear like Joel Gray in the background, and like <laughs> Al Jolson playing on the record. Oh, can I have that? Yes, I want that in my life now. Like, uh, like imagine a scene where he visits Disneyland, and he's like. Oh, what could be like? What I would love to make one of these myself. He's like sitting there on Carousel Progress. Like, that would be so amazing. (laughs) I'm already crying. I want that. That would be so nice. Like, would be the only two people in the world who loves that. Yeah. Well. But I would love that. Yeah. I think that could work only because like it doesn't have to have anything to do with the franchise aside from like the few lines that John Hammond has had about his past. That's about it. Like, it doesn't really have to tie in. It just shows him creating ideas and just, like, being himself and not necessarily a dinosaur park guy, but what he did before all that. I really love that because we don't really know much about him other than what we know. Obviously, we don't have no back- any backstory, anything major like that. And so even so, what would be even amazing would be i don't know what's happening coming up here in the next two exactly but if they even took pieces from that and then kind of did a throwback thing with his old story and then they had him think of ideas a little bit like that and then it would just be a perfect full circle moment of they actually happen and then his thoughts kind of like there's beautiful art that could be made here in the timeline somehow and yeah that would be great i don't know if anyone's understanding what i'm saying but in my head it makes perfect sense. It would be a beautiful show. It could be, you know, it's set like in the early like 1900s or whatever. I don't know how however old he was. I forget, but um, like that would be just really awesome looking. It's set it in a certain time period, so it's a throwback, and maybe even like age the film a little bit so it looks like an older you know show or something like that. That would be so cool. Yeah, and then like I said, with what's coming up, I mean, just put little pieces of that as like a future thing like oh he wanted this he always thought about this but it, it was just an afterthought and it just didn't happen whatever and then what if like we see something like that or what if he always said about this something about a statue and then we know there is a statue of him was kind of still is mm-hmm. there um i mean that would just add a lot of like heart and depth and connection it's like a walt disney thing anytime you hear anything about walt disney talking about his his dreams and then they go on and make it even now what they're doing now with disney they kind of always heart back to that and it's just a really nice full circle idea mm-hmm. there's a lot of sentimental and emotional value that that could be done with that yeah yeah oh my god that would be awesome like just him like him doing the epcot thing you know like walt disney like describing what epcot was like yeah him describing to like investors and stuff like that what jurassic park could be it would be tough because he would have to be like what he looked like because at that point he would have aged essentially to what he looked like now but if you go back even farther to like a young like 20 something year old Mm -hmm. john hammond that would be really cool i I think that could look awesome it you know they wouldn't have to to utilize you know richard attenborough in in any sense like his looks or anything like that you wouldn't have to like de-age him or do any of those things 
It would just be like a new guy that looks like he could essentially be John Hammond, but that's about it. You know what movie kind of gave me those feels was Saving Mr. Banks. Obviously, it wouldn't be the same kind of idea, but the feeling of it would be similar, I think. For sure. I I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just the feel that Saving Mr. Banks gave me, I think something like that would give me that feeling. Very different story, very different approach, but the feeling of it, they they captured it there, and I think it would be captured again in this kind of story. There we go. So Universal, we got a story for you, and make sure to pay us and write the checks to Jurassic Park Podcasts, and I'll split it with Jen. And there, there we go. So um, <laughs> let's move on. We got the last one here. It's from at LD Rodriguez 2 on Twitter. Uh, it says, I've got a question for you guys. Will Biosyn be in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? So, um, I okay, mean, we're not. Brad, we didn't, the we producer didn't... and director of Jurassic, <laughs> yeah. there's another question for you that you can answer. Like I was just going to say, we didn't <laughs> make this movie. But, um, man, that's, that is a good question we've talked about here and there. Um, I, I'd say, I'm just going to say yes. I don't know. But I have no idea. And I. I don't know. It's tough to say if they really will because they have not been a presence in the movies. So they're just a presence in the books and people like us really know. And obviously, you know, Dodgson was connected to Biosyn, but it was never talked about in the movies. Um, but it would be a really great tie-in. And I know they talk about, like, using stuff from the novel again. And uh, maybe that's one of the things they used. Uh, that would be really awesome. I hope they did it, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I'd, I'll say yes for now. That would be really cool. Not, well, the fact that, like you just said, they never mention it really and it's never touched upon. It's not. It's part of Jurassic canon because of the books, but I don't know if it's part of the movie canon. No, it's necessarily. not. Yeah. It's not. It could be in the background, but it's not really ever emphasized upon, so I don't know about that. It would just be one of those things that they, they make come true. I mean, we, we all have the canon. We know that that's where he's from and that's where... All the, the embryos were, you know, trying to, to go towards when when uh, Nedry stole them. Like, he was trying to give them the Biosyn. But, uh, you know, it's just not part of the movie canon. It's from the books. So, well, we know that. But, again, since they haven't really emphasized it at all in the movie, no, I don't know it, if they can really say that. It wouldn't movie. even be, like, a big payoff for casual viewers. Like, the billions of dollars that they make, nobody would probably ever know. Aside from the the huge fans that we all are here, um, we it would be a huge payoff for us. But is that enough for them to actually write that into a movie? I mean, I don't know. I hope so, but uh, I don't know for sure. It, you know, even if it was like they never actually mentioned what the company was, but you see this guy walking past a sign at, at, on a building and it says Biosyn and he walks in the building, that would be a cool nod. They'd never have to mention it per se. But it would be a nice nod. Like an Easter egg thing. Exactly, yeah. Okay. But yeah, that that's it. That wraps it up. It's been over an hour like usual. And we stumbled our way. We we tripped and fell most of the time. My we shins did. We're hurt. still rolling down the hill. My knees hurt because we fell and oh. so many times this podcast oh. crashed and burned. Uh, but it's all due to you guys. So thank you very much for the <laughs> absurd questions, the fun, good questions and all that. Um, we really appreciate it. Yeah, those are good questions this time. Those are fun. Yeah. I like the music one. The music one was fun. I can't wait to listen to this back because I had no idea what I said. Uh, yeah, they're I, I just, remember, it was like Spanish coming out of my mouth that I couldn't understand. So, yeah. Because you, you need to learn it. 
Uh, well, yeah, I did. As I was reading that 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 text, I kind of figured Spanish out. So it happened. <laughs> but if you guys want to be a part of the craziness in the future, um, go ahead. I mean, you can you can give us a call. This is me trying to remember. This is me trying to remember what the heck I'm supposed to be doing. Call us. You want to be part of this? Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, it's free. Whatever. <laughs> the phone number I think is seven three two. 825-7763 you can email us at uh, at uh, jurassicparkpod at gmail.com forget about all those ats I said like six ats before I said the email um, on jurassicparkpodcast.com there's a contact and a form and all that so submit there you can do them on Twitter we had a few here from Twitter today but I usually kind of miss those unless I put them right on my notes so hopefully I'll see them but Try to call in. We want more voicemails. We want to hear your voices. Uh, I love reading all these, but obviously I'm not that great at it. So so call in. Unless so, you write in Spanish, <laughs> then we'll get it. Ricky, you know, next time call in because, like like I said, halfway through it was looking like Spanish. But uh, you had you said you had a really awesome T-Rex call, so, so definitely call in. We'd love to hear from everybody in November. But, uh, yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. And thank you, Jen, for joining me again. Thank you for having me. Why? I don't know, but thank you. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. So much, I don't know what's, what's happening. Where, where can everybody well, find you? I don't know. <laughs> In the show notes. Somewhere. There's links, There's links there. Find, I think I, you could still find me at Jennifer underscore Lynn 89 and at the Bryce Dallas Howard Network at VDH Network. I believe I'm still around someplace you're still on the interwebs somewhere i think i'm not sure but let's close up the mailbag for october thank you everybody and we'll see you in november you need a zip sound so like zip. wait i feel like i feel like it's like a pull strap though like that doesn't make a noise like like i don't know what kind of mailbag is it a zipper mailbag i thought it it was a zipper mailbag i really wait what kind of mail as like a mary poppins bag i don't know what that is but sure is it just an upside down umbrella holding mail? <laughs> no, it's the Mary Poppins mailbag. You know, when she puts it on the table and just, all this stuff just comes out like endlessly. <laughs> so it's like a clown thing. Like, you know, just Kinda, po- 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 constantly Mary pulling Poppins stuff out. Bag, not, not a clown bag. Wait, it's wasn't Mary it like Poppins. a suitcase? Um, well. Oh, I, I think I know what you mean. <laughs> I think I know. Never mind. It's a mailbag. Sounds good. I'm always thinking like a backpack or something. <laughs> Oh, but oh, I don't know what. That's just like a backpack, a, so I don't know. Big, big amount a, a bag, like you know, big purse. Like Santa's, <laughs> you, you know, carrying around a big purse. Yeah, it's like the it's like the sack on Santa. You know, he just pulls it over his back oh. and just like holds it. It's got straps. Does it have straps? No, I think it's just got rope. No, just no, rope. I, that's not how I pictured it. Ah, uh, we should have settled it. this ahead of time. <laughs> No, I think it's like red and it's big and it looks like Mary Poppins and it's just it's really like heavy. Obviously, that you just described Santa's sack. I, I hate that sounds terrible, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not squishy though. No, it's- what? God, <laughs> what is this podcast now? No, it's done. <laughs> I'll send a picture. No, why do you have a picture of that? <laughs> I'll show you. God. <laughs> I don't know where we are. What's happening? Uh, I don't know. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> and now let's listen in as Tom Fishenden spotlights Mike Tharm. Hello everyone and welcome to another segment with me, Tom, here on the Jurassic Park podcast. So, today we're going to be doing something a little bit different, which I guess I can best describe as fan art that you can buy. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about Mike Farm from FreeAC. He's a creator who basically makes a bunch of really charming little Jurassic style trinkets that he aims to eventually get into museums and other places one day so that children will be able to buy them and be able to experience prehistory and paleontology in a very hands-on and practical way. So, if we take a look at his Etsy store, which is Free Arm Creations, we can see that he currently has five items on offer. So the first item, and the most relatable for us, is the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World inspired T-Rex fossil magnet. So this magnet here is designed to look like the T-Rex skeleton logo with the skull, but the way he's done this, it's available in a, di um, a variety of different colours that kind of reflect di different aspects of the Jurassic Park fandom. So if we look at it, the standard Jurassic Park one is white, you have the Crichton one, which is red, you have the Hammond one, which is yellow, representing the Ambercane. If we move on, we have the Lost World ones, with one representing Eddie Carr and one representing Roland. And these have a little bit more weathering to them to kind of represent their characters a bit more. We have the Jurassic Park 3 one, which is called Billy and uses the same shade of red scene on the Jurassic Park 3 logo. And then we have my favourite one, which is the Jurassic World one with a metallic blue background and a silver skull. And this one is known as Hoskins. Now, when you order these, you're able to get VIP passes and other things with them for birthday parties, and they're just really nice pieces of practically made fan art, I feel. I mean, um, from talking to Mike in the past, I know that he actually he doesn't make much money off of them. He charges them purely at cheap prices so they're available to people, and he's just trying to really get an understanding of paleontology out there, part of which does come from his love of the Jurassic Park franchise. So, if we take a look at some of the other items he has on sale, you can see there's four other items here. I'm just going to queue them up on my Mac to take a look at. So we have firstly the dinosaur theropod footprint, which is a really, really nicely done footprint mould. Again, available in an assortment of different colours and patterns you can get. My favourite most likely being, I think it's either the Yellowstone or Darkstone one. And looking really, really nice here. And really, it's got a really nice level of paintwork to it, you know? Looking at these pieces, each one of them, for the price you pay, feels immaculately well done and really, really nicely detailed. If we take a look at the next one, we've got a trilobite fossil. And this, again, looks really nice. Again, available in a variety of different colours. And it looks really, really fantastic. There's a lot of nice detail to the mould. You can tell that Mike's spent a lot of time working on it. And the end result is something that's truly fantastic. 
if we then move on to the Tyrannosaurus Rex skull, you can see this is a slightly different skull to the Jurassic uh, Park and World variation. And here we have it again available in an assortment of different colours, similar to how he's done with the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World variants, but with more earthly inspired colours and tones here. And lastly, we have the Ammonite fossil. This has to be one of the most iconic kind of fossils you see. And here again, we have a nice level of detail, a nice level of paint. And actually, I think the one that's on the lightstone here, I think it would be, sticks out really, really nicely. So obviously you've got your, again, variety of options. And there's a lot of really nice looking variants here. So, after talking to Mike for a while, I've learned that his goal is to eventually have products like these put out in museums and other places so that people who might not necessarily be fully aware of paleontology are able to get a greater understanding of it through little kind of, you know, almost pieces of merchandise which really reflect um, some paleontological, I think that's the term? paleontological possibly if not you can correct me guys but um yeah through terms um and little pieces of uh discovery through paleontology that are reflected in these magnets so it's a really really nice concept i've been following it from the start and i really really appreciate it so i am yeah happy to be able to bring it to you guys and i know he's working on a lot of cool stuff in the future there's a multi-piece skeleton set that's going to be coming out very soon. If you visit his Twitter page at MikeFarm3AC, you can pre-order that. And yeah, he has a lot of really cool plans for the future. There was also a video done by Jurassic Collectibles, which we'll hopefully have a link to, where you can get a more in-depth look at these collectibles and really see the level of quality and finish on them. So Mike got in touch with me a while back about trying to spread awareness about his products. So being able to really share it with you here on this platform has been my absolute privilege. And hopefully in the future, we'll see these things showing up in museums all across the world. So guys, that's been a quick segment on Mike Farm's um, magnets and other items available in his store. I hope you've enjoyed it. And until the next time, take care and have a good week. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Thanks for listening to the 118th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks to Jen for joining me this week for the Jurassic Mailbag. It's always a blast listening to the amazing voicemails and reading those messages uh, along with her. As soon as we are done recording the episode, I am so ready for the next one. And of course, I did not forget about all of you. You guys are great. Thank you so much for writing in, calling in, doing all that awesome stuff. You are all super cool and of course, our best friends. Thanks to Tom for the cool artist spotlight segment. That is one of the things I like best about our podcast here and the website is giving the people the ability to share their work with other interested parties in the community. I am so glad that we can help out in that way. So make sure to go follow Mike Farm's work. See the details within our show notes. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. 
We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you guys want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can submit a question directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. You will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.